the central banks continue to buy gold, hitting a record over the first nine months of the year. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics on another Federal Reserve Wednesday. As just in a short bit of time, we will have the latest release of the policy from the Federal Reserve, where they are largely expected to keep interest rates unchanged, which we will talk about on this show. In addition to some record central bank buying of gold, that has been a trend that's continued over the past year, and we just got the latest numbers out yesterday on that. So we will touch on that, as well as some of the other economic news that is coming out over the past few days. And welcome on in. And to get started, let's take a quick look at some of the levels that we have today. We did have gold cross over the $2,000 mark on Friday, got as high as $2,019 before coming in yesterday, right on the end of the monthly close. So we did not get the first monthly close above the $2,000 level, although came back in pretty much flat on the day in both metals. We see gold at $19.95, silver at $22.98. So just below the $23 level on silver. And again, recording on when on Wednesday at 11 10 a.m eastern time so just a couple hours ahead of the fed meeting and we can see that the bond yield also in eight basis points on the 10-year to just around 4.8 percent so obviously I imagine we'll see a lot of these things change drastically in the next couple of hours following the fed where taking a quick look at the futures pricing we can see 98% chance of another pause today, just a 2% chance of a rate hike. And that certainly would be quite a shock to the market if we did get the rate hike, which based on the percentages, but also based on what Jerome Powell said just two weeks ago when he did his interview at the New York Economic Club. So I think we've gotten a lot of the commentary or the tone of the commentary that we'll hear in just a little bit as not a lot has significantly changed since then. Taking a quick look at the December meeting, we see a 79% chance of another pause there. So the market's pricing in that we have seen that last interest rate hike and calling now for three cuts in 2024. Although one of the issues that the Fed is facing is that even despite the interest rate hikes that they've done so far, still seeing elevated inflation about double the Fed's 2% mandate. So again, at today's meeting, I don't think Powell is going to come out and say that they've beaten inflation because it's hard for him to say that since that has not been the case yet. And that's even just with the government inflation numbers, let alone the shadow stats being quite a bit higher. But We'll get more commentary in just a little bit and see what he says. And it'll be interesting to see how the market prices that with the key takeaway from the speech two weeks ago when Powell commented on how the surging yield in the bond market on the 10-year and longer dated bonds, perhaps doing some of the Fed's work for it and tightening economic conditions with the markets largely taking that as an indication that they're done with their hikes. In the end, is one additional quarter point height going to make all the difference in the world? I would suggest not. But certainly that's the kind of thing that the market participants will be pursing through as we get the commentary and press conference from Jerome Powell. Although in terms of how some other market participants are responding to the things that they see going on, we did have the news out yesterday that 
The central banks continue to buy gold, hitting a record over the first nine months of the year. China, of course, a big player in the addition of gold to central bank balance sheets. Of course, how much gold China really owns is a bit of a mystery, as it is widely believed that they don't really fully report the amount of gold that they have purchased. Yet even just going to the official figures, we can see here that the first three quarters of 2023 were a record. Blue bar indicating the first three quarters. Last year, you see, came in at over a thousand tons on the year. And certainly given everything that's going on geopolitically right now, whether we top last year or not, hard to imagine that in the fourth quarter, we're going to see that figure just drop off. So very likely to be somewhere in that similar range, if not higher than last year, which is one of the things that has supported the gold market throughout this year, even in the face of the rising interest rates, not just with the Fed, but again, with the longer term portion of the bond curve, which has broken a pattern that we've seen hold somewhat consistently over the past decade, where gold would be moving pretty closely on an inverse basis with the real yield in the treasury market, yet even as interest rates have gone up, we've seen gold trade higher on the year. Silver is still about a dollar lower on the year in the face of everything that's happening, but the central banks that are buying gold has been one of the big factors providing a bid in the gold market and again setting a record for the first three quarters of 2023. And of course, one of the other things that is factored into that interest from gold is the large supply of debt that the treasury market has been piling on. We've been seeing deficits soar at rates that you might have expected during a severe economic downturn like we saw in 2020, yet this is happening even in the midst of a supposedly strong market, as Janet Yellen suggests to us on a regular basis. And I thought this one was interesting. This came out yesterday before Fed decision. All eyes will be on the big Treasury debt announcement Wednesday. And I'll get to that in a minute of just what they reported Wednesday morning. But I think this is somewhat indicative of a change that we're seeing because here the CNBC article mentions with debt deficits and bond yields all surging, investors are watching closely how the government will go to the market with its borrowing needs. Announcement on Wednesday's refunding is expected to draw even more market interest as there is a supply demand mismatch in the market today, which has led to this move in bond yields. And I would suggest that this is the kind of thing that's indicative of how it's not just gold and silver investors who are noticing what's going on with the treasury, but that we're seeing a more widespread awareness that we're getting close to the point where this is a problem, especially as the debt expense has risen significantly with the higher interest rates, driving the deficits even further, creating more debt and a higher interest expense, the doom loop that we've heard a lot of people talk about, which all factors into what we're seeing with the metals and the renewed interest in gold that results in things like we're seeing with the central bank gold buying and also the continued efforts by countries around the globe to de-dollarize and not be exposed to what is happening with the reserve currency that is underpinned by U.S. treasuries and has led us to a situation where something that's been building for a long time, but now I think we're rapidly approaching the point where it does start to matter. And here was the announcement this morning as Treasury reported that it's going to auction $112 billion in debt in the next 
week to refund 102 billion of notes set to mature November 15th, coming in three parts with 48 billion in three-year notes, 40 billion in 10-year notes, and then 24 billion in 30-year bonds with those 30-year bonds giving you a 5% return in a market where we're already seeing government numbers of 4% inflation and massive supply of treasury set to come on the market in the coming years with very little chance that we're going to see a reduction of the supply or even a stabilization of the rate of increase in debt in the years going forward. So not the most uh, attractive investment to me in terms of parking money into a 30-year U.S. treasury at 5% right now, but Either case, that's what they will be funding, and we'll see how this all shakes out, especially if the yields do continue to rise. And to point out that, again, this is not just me or gold and silver investors that are becoming increasingly concerned about this, but here is well-known billionaire hedge fund manager Stanley Druckenmiller, who points out something that I think has been considered a bit in the gold and silver community, not as much more mainstream, but... One of the questions that comes up is that when the interest rates were so low, why didn't the U.S. Treasury refinance a lot of this debt before interest rates went up? And he mentions when rates were practically zero, every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the U.S. refinanced their mortgage. Fortunately, we had one entity which did not, and that was the U.S. Treasury. And he goes on to say it was the biggest blunder in the history of the Treasury. I have no idea why Janet Yellen hasn't been called out on this, and she has no right to still be in the job after doing that. And I think the main reason that we didn't see that happen is because that in itself probably would have pushed up the longer end of the curve a lot earlier than what we're seeing now. And I continue to wonder, was the U.S. Treasury, would they, would they actually have been able to achieve that? Because if you're not in a rush to buy long-term bonds over 30 years at 5%, Certainly doing that at the much lower interest rates we had during the past 10 years made that even more dicey and would have led to an even bigger loss than what we saw. So I think that's one of the factors that is behind the lack of a decision to extend out the debt during the past 10 years. Although for whatever reason that you choose to believe that it happened, here we are where the debt is now being auctioned at the higher interest rate which again is going to lead to a higher debt expense and more deficits, not a good position to be in yet, nonetheless, where things stand. And interesting note down here, they mentioned what happens when 100 billionaires decide they want to put 10% of their wealth into Bitcoin. I would rephrase that as what happens when 100 billionaires decide they want to put 10% or some percent of their wealth into gold and or silver, uh, especially on the silver side with such a small market. It does not take a lot of money to move it higher, as we've seen in some of the past incidents when there's been a large rally in the silver space. Stanley Druckenmiller did mention gold and silver as one of his trades a couple months back. So just another one of the signs that I would point to that, again, we're not just talking about the hardcore gold and silver enthusiasts who are starting to view things this way. And of course, while we are seeing all this happen, we continue to see more pressure on the markets in Japan as earlier this week, the Bank of Japan relaxed their grip on their yield curve control, where they have kept the short-term rate at negative one-tenth of a percent, although have been 
allowing the cap on their 10-year bond to rise. And we can see here, been moving up pretty steadily. Let's take a look back at the six-month chart because it was at 35 basis points. They said that they were going to loosen the cap, which had been holding it under 50 basis points. And it sure has climbed right through that pretty steadily and now up to 94 basis points. And they redefine the 1% on the 10-year as a loose upper bound rather than a rigid cap, which leads to an interesting question here where Tom Nash of UBS mentions a yield cap isn't a yield cap if you change it every time the markets get close, which is now what we're seeing happen with 1.5% now being suggested as the new loose cap. So yields rising in Japan, although unfortunately that has not helped the slide of the yen very much which broke through the 150 level to the dollar last week. Again, as the dollar yen rate goes up, that means that Japanese currency is declining. And here's the chart of yesterday. Keep in mind this measure of five basis points down was because this came after the close, but you can see down at 149 and really soared heavily as the yen sold off along with their bond yield surging, which Traditionally, you would expect that as the interest rate goes up, that would help protect the currency a bit. Although, fortunately, Vince Lancey had a good explanation of what he saw happening there. And let us play a second of that one here. The market will react to any change in policy, regardless of what it is, mostly. Any change in policy in this situation will be initially regarded as with a loss of confidence in the bank. And that's what we're seeing now. The yen is weaker. The bonds are weaker. You would expect, you would expect, uh, I would expect if you're looking at a laboratory, uh, the bonds to be weaker and the currency to be stronger because it's kind of like a seesaw effect, uh, at least in the long run. But on a day like today, uh, the market may be looking at this and saying, you know what, these guys really don't have their shit together. Uh, we're going to get out of everything. And you're seeing that. And if the market's right about them not having their shit together, well, it's going to keep happening that way. That's one of the drivers behind gold. So we're seeing that play out right now as the Bank of Japan is trying to navigate two seemingly mutually exclusive situations at the same time, keeping the yield down on their bonds while also supporting the currency. And certainly Rafi has talked a lot about that on the Friday show and we're seeing the beginning signs of that start to unravel a bit. Of course, perhaps not surprising that when something like that happens, what do we get? Now the Bank of Japan mulling, raising the inflation target higher from 2% to 3%. That's something that we've heard whispers of out of both the European Central Bank as well as the Federal Reserve. If they can't get inflation down to 2%, would they just raise the inflation target so far, the Fed in particular has said no, although that's something that I think we'll see more and more talk about in the months and years going forward as they struggle to get the inflation rate down to their 2% mandate. Now, in some positive news for the mining stock fans out there, it was an interesting story because now BlackRock was saying investors should focus, who are focused on the climate, should buy miners. This is something that we've mentioned quite a bit about with the green mandates that are out there, which on one hand sound great, although would require enormous amounts of a whole range of different metals 
And now we have BlackRock talking about the importance of the metals and mining sector with Evie Hambro mentioning, if you're focused on sustainability and you're focused on the energy transition, don't overlook this area. There's a huge value opportunity. And especially perhaps even more so now with the rate at which the miners have been beaten up over the past year and a half, and still even with the rally over the past couple of weeks in both gold and silver, seeing very low levels. So certainly for people who are interested in the mining space and interesting to hear even BlackRock mentioning as much. And in terms of some other investors who are also talking about the gold market, here is Jim Grant of Grant's Interest Rate Observer, obviously a well-respected investor, newsletter writer for quite a long time. And he talked quite a bit about how we're going through a structural change in that we've seen a bond rally for the last 40 years, which now appears to be coming to an end. And he mentioned some comments on gold, which I'll go through here because he was asked, where, where else do you spot attractive opportunities for investment? And he says, when you're looking for a currency, if you want to hold money in some form, are you really sure it's dollars or another fiat currency? I may have mentioned gold once or twice before. And I would say, don't forget what you got here. Don't turn your little backs on gold. But seriously, I think gold is going to have its day. It really has not had that yet. And when asked about the surge in the gold price in the recent weeks, he says, I think gold ought not to trade as an inflation hedge, but as an investment in monetary disorder of which we surely have enough in the world. So it's a question of getting people interested in the problem and then in the solution, which is what I mentioned earlier about how I think we're starting to see more people interested in the problem. And he continues, if you go back and look at cycles, it might just be that 50 odd years since the end of Bretton Woods and the end of the dollar's convertibility to gold, that that cycle is ending. It might be that paper money in historians' retrospective views will seem to have been a failure. The world is going to change back on unconstrained central bank credit creation and unconstrained sovereign borrowing. Maybe that's one way to look at it. It's the way I tend to look at these things, longer-term historical trends. And I point this out just as another investor who is not really a gold bug, but looking at what's happening and looking at the potential outcomes here and coming to that same conclusion. Real quick look at last week's COT report, which showed the funds reducing their short position, 5,300 contracts, also reducing some longs. And we did see an increase in the short position of the banks where they are now net short about 2,400 contracts. Similar, although perhaps more exacerbated pattern in gold where we saw the funds decrease almost 23,000 shorts, add almost 18,000 longs, and the banks get significantly more short, adding 24,000 contracts and reducing 3,300 longs. So while one of the things that many investors have wondered about is if we are going to see a point at which there is a rally and the banks don't short, I do think that will happen in its due day and time, but not the case so far just yet. And again, we will have latest COT report coming out on Friday, and we'll see how things have changed with yesterday's decline into the close being included in this reporting week that will be coming up in a couple of days. A few last notes here in terms of the dollarization, RT reporting that now we're at the point where 95% of the trade between China and Russia now being settled in yuan and rubles to so the trade between those two countries, basically now almost entirely in their local currencies, and 70% of 
Russian trade, including China, as well as all other countries, is now being done outside of Western currencies. While we also had a report out of China in response to concerns about whether the U.S. would sanction them if they do have a conflict in Taiwan, suggesting that China would need to create a global network of companies and issue gold-denominated bonds. Here we see Sun Zhao Tao published a research piece that suggests China should push for gold-denominated trade to prevent major fluctuations of the yuan, and suggesting that gold-denominated bonds could be part of this solution. So where that leaves us is just one latest data point in this trend towards de-dollarizing and involving gold as a collateral replacement for the role that treasuries have filled for such a long time, which does not mean that we will see this shift tomorrow or next week. But again, you can see the signs out there. And of course, that is why we talk so much about gold and silver on the channel and why we're seeing the gold price perform as strongly as it has this year, even in the face of rising interest rates. And when you consider the things that are going on in the world, especially geopolitically, I think we're going to see a continuation of this in the months and years ahead. So before we wrap up, just wanted to mention that for people who are looking to add silver to their portfolio at this particular time, Miles Franklin is running a special currently on 2023 Austrian silver Philharmonics at $3.10 over spot, which has the advantage of being one of the sovereign coins and is on the lower end of the premium range for sovereign. So that is 2023 Austrian silver Philharmonics. You can find out more about that or to place an order, you can email Arcadia at milesfranklin.com. Or if you have questions about any of the things that we're discussing on the show, so going to wrap up for today but hope you found that helpful appreciate you being here with me as always and go enjoy the fed meeting will be fun to see what jerome has to say today and i will see you again tomorrow